0: great. So glad you are here. I want to dive right in. It's Vision Sunday, and uh, I don't want to take any more of my preaching clock up. Come on, somebody. Uh, But we're grateful that you're here. If you're new here, we'd love to meet you at our guest services table afterwards. I have a gift for you. And again, we're just grateful you're spending part of your Sunday here with us. Today's going to be a little bit more of a unique Sunday. I'm going to tell you why if you're new here. Uh, Typically, we do teach in in message series. And we're actually kicking off a brand new series today called Believe Again, uh, which I'll share about. But once a year, we do Vision Sunday. And really, it's a chance for us to take a moment and pause, celebrate all that God's done. Look into the future for what God has for us. And then really the second half of uh, the message portion today will be a message around how you can hear from God for vision for your life and see that come to pass. Sound good? All right. Let me give you some scripture of why vision is so important. This is Proverbs 28. If you have your, your Bibles or you'll seeing on the screens, verse 19. This is a message translation, a paraphrase. Uh, the Bible says this, if people... Can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. So when you can see what God's doing in your life on the earth, uh, the scripture says you'll be most blessed. But if we can't see what God's doing, this is why vision is so important. It says you'll stumble all over yourself. When you got in your car this morning or hopped onto the metro or you walked out of your apartment to walk to church, you left with a destination in mind, didn't you? Like you knew you were coming to church. Or maybe you're like, Pastor, I showed up here because I smelled the coffee. Come on, somebody. That's okay. But, but you had a destination in mind and you had a route in mind or you plugged it into your GPS. That is what a God-inspired vision does for your life. Without without a God-inspired vision, the Bible says you'll stumble all over your life. You'll stumble in your marriage. You'll stumble financially. You'll stumble in your career. But when you have a crystal clear, this is what God's called me to do. This is where I'm going. This is where we're heading. That's why vision is so important. Last year, if you were a part of this church, uh, you were heard of this. We stepped into a two-year vision initiative called Believe. Uh, many of you have heard of this a number of times, although we have. About 500 first-time guests have come since that moment. So many of you have not heard about Believe. But this vision initiative had three strategic areas of vision that we are focusing on as a church. Number one was is expansion, reaching more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, go forth and make disciples of all nations. Hey, can I tell you this? Here's what this means. Then, as long as heaven and hell are realities, which they are, and as long as there are people far from God, that means we as the church of Jesus Christ are commissioned and commanded to continue to grow. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I'm going to help. Can I pastor you for a moment? If you want a comfortable church where you can just stay where you are, you come to the wrong church. Come on, somebody. But if you want to fulfill the mission that Jesus has for us on this earth and reach people who are far from God and change the world in Jesus' name and for his glory, Welcome home. Welcome home. That was a little louder of a clap. A little bit, okay, hold on. Didn't mean the boom so loud. Here's number two is next generation. Next generation. We believe in our listen, in those classrooms right now, we're not just providing safe child care, although it is safe. That's that's the number one priority for us. But I want you to hear this. We are raising up a generation of leaders. There are children who are 4 years old, 7 years old, 15 years old in the student ministry that are full of the Holy Spirit, being taught the Word of God, and they're going to go out from here and they're going to change the world. Come on, one day, they're going to lead you and me. Come on, somebody. So we're raising up a generation of leaders. Then number three is mission. We as a church never want to simply exist and reside in a community, but we are called to bless a city. We want to be the kind of church that the cities that we're in, listen, they, they beg for us to never leave, that even if they don't believe what we believe, they see the good that we do, how we care for the marginalized, the oppressed, the overlooked in our community, and we've been doing that since day one. Let me share with you what God's done in the past just since 2021, the past two years when we came back um, after the pandemic and I want to give a little bit of encouragement to you and uh, how God's moved in our church. Uh, back in, we, we launched in 2019, of course, if you didn't know this, we were, we were in person for 13 months. Then the pandemic occurred, and we were 13 months predominantly online. And when we came back in 2021 on Easter, some of you were here, come on, come on, Herod. In this room, we had about, you know, 50 feet between us. Come on, remember those days? Uh, we're very spread out in this room, and uh, 2021 on that day, uh, this time that year, we had we were averaging 242 people on a Sunday, which is amazing when you consider the average church in America is under 70. So, give you context. Uh, last year at this time, we were averaging 356 people, which is significant. It's a 49 percent increase. But watch this: since going to three services, which you did recently. We've been averaging 537 people on a Sunday. Watch this. In just two years, that's 222% more people than two years ago here at this church. Hey, look up for a second. What's happening in this church is not the result of a man or a woman or a group of people's strategy and hard work. This is a move of God. And he gets all of the glory. Can I get an amen? Now... I mean, Pastor, why do we care about numbers? Here's why. Number one, if you read the scriptures, the numbers numbers are all over scripture. Come on. God has a book called Numbers. Come on, somebody. There you go. The Bible says on the first day of church, 3,000 were added, right? It was counted. Here's why. Behind every number is a name. Behind every name is a story. Behind every story is a person whose life has been transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about here. If you rip open Catalyst Church, what are we about? That right there. But out of those, the growth that we're seeing, we have seen just in the past 12 months, 422 people make either a commitment or a recommitment to Jesus Christ. To God be the glory. And since we launched as a church in 2019, we have seen 1,280 commitments to Christ since then. To God be the glory. Can we give him a hand clap? Okay, some of you were there. Some of you are new this year. Some of you were there uh, ever since the beginning. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your generosity. Uh, if you, your generosity, your, your serving is, has impacted lives for eternity. Let me speak to next generation. I'll get fired up about our next gen. I get so fired up. We had in two years ago, it's 2021, we had uh, in our next gen ministries, we were averaging on a Sunday between kids and students. This is both. 43 kids and students on a Sunday in 2021, which is amazing. I don't want to undervalue that. Last year, at this time last year, we were averaging 80 kids and students. It's an 86% increase. Pretty amazing. But watch this. Since we've gone to three services, we were averaging 122 kids and students combined on a Sunday. That is a 284% increase in two years. Listen, that's children and students who are getting a firm foundation in the Word of God, that one day they're going to change this world, and I'm believing in Jesus' name. I heard a story of a student who really kind of plugged into our ministry this year, and that for the first time she's been reading her Bible consistently. She's asking leaders of questions about her faith, growing in her faith. She's been shining the light of Christ in her school, and she serves on our kids team, making a difference in the next generation. Church, your generosity is doing that. That is one of the 122 that we see on a Sunday, to God be the glory. And then mission. One of the things, you do many things for mission. Uh, Many of you may not know this, but we as a church, we we budget every year 10% to give away outside of our four walls. It doesn't happen in the ministry right here. It's it's out of these four walls. Most of it is here locally because we believe our calling is first here to Montgomery County, D.C., the surrounding area, and then also through domestic and international partners. Let me share with you just the growth we've seen, the impact. And here's why I love this, because I love what we do on Sundays. And our first calling is is to reach people who are far from God so they can find hope in Christ. But watch this. But I love it when we as a church get to mobilize and make a difference outside of these four walls and shine the light of Christ. It's beautiful. So, we do something called Serve Day three times a year. In 2021, we saw 209 people serve in our Serve Days at, as a church, uh, which is amazing. Again, amazing. Last year, through our three Serve Days, there were 495 people. Ready for this? This year, 642 people served in our serve days, out of those three serve days. That's 300% increase over two years. You know, I love it. Listen, God is changing lives in our church, and we are making a difference outside of our church. In Jesus' name and for God's glory. Can I get an amen? You're making a difference, church. One of our partners that we partner with is called Assist Pregnancy Center. It's a pro-life pregnancy center. They sent an email recently because one of the ways that our service as a church, our generosity has impacted a life. A woman came to the pregnancy center, and she was in an unhealthy relationship. The father of her child was pressuring her to have an abortion. She showed up to the pregnancy center, really without community, in need of support, in need of resource. This pregnancy center came around her, offered her community, offered her resources. One of the things they gave her was A Bible. Some of you were actually a part of this project. We, we highlighted Bibles with encouraging scriptures. She received one of those Bibles with the highlighted scriptures. She's been encouraged in her faith. She's growing in her faith. And in two weeks, she will give birth to her child. Hey, listen, you're changing lives outside of this room, in this community, in Jesus' name. Thank you for being a generous church. Thank you for investing in people. Can I tell you, this is what we were about here as a church. We are about seeing people, finding life, people experiencing change because of Jesus Christ. Now, let's look forward a little bit into our future. Because I believe it's important to look not just in the heat, what God's done, uh, but look into the future. We're not just here to build a monument. We are of movement of God. So let's look into the future a little bit, expansion. One of our, our, our major areas of focus that we've had this year, we're continuing to have, uh, is that we are looking for a more permanent home Catalyst, for Catalyst Church here in the area. Now listen, we as a church are not passionate about buildings. We are passionate about what God can do through a building and reaching more people with the good news of Jesus. We're not passionate about adding services. Why we added a service is because we're about reaching people with the good news of Jesus. And this building will be one the first domino. And here's what I mean. It's from this building that we're going to have. We're going to launch other locations. Here's why. Some of you here today, you drive from Gaithersburg and Silver Spring and Columbia and Bowie and D.C. and Arlington and Fairfax and Falls Church. And you drive that from those, direct, those distances because you love Jesus and you love this church. And we're glad. But listen, people who are far from God will not drive from Gaithersburg to Bethesda for church. So can I can tell you, here's how we're going to launch locations in the future. It's not for you. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Come on, somebody. We are launching locations for people who are far from God in those cities. So listen, you today are signed up. If you live in Silver Spring, come on, you're already on one day the future Silver Spring launch team. Come on, somebody. You didn't know that, but welcome. Listen. Hey, as a church, listen, I, I, I may have said this, but listen. We, we are called to not stay comfortable but continue to walk in uncomfortability for the mission of Jesus Christ. So if you're part of this church, there will be times where we will unapologetically ask you to give to mission, ask you to serve, ask you to help us as we forward the mission of Jesus Christ on the earth. Because here's why. One day, all of us have come to faith in Christ not on our own, but because somebody else sacrificed so we could come into a church like this and receive the hope of Jesus or someone could share their faith with me. Therefore, we have a commandment from King Jesus himself to do the same. So that's kind of vision of where we're going for expansion. Next generation, we've invested the last couple of years into our kids' ministry in some significant ways. But I'm really excited. This upcoming year, we're going to invest in greater ways into our student ministry. I love what is happening right now in our student ministry. I, I get to hear the conversations they're having about faith. Can I tell you, it is beautiful what's happening right now in our middle school and high school. And if you're a parent here as a middle school or high school student, thank you for entrusting us. If you serve on our student team, I want to say thank you for serving. You are making a difference. And we're going to do that. And then the area of mission, we're going to continue to both deepen and broaden our partners and missions. Uh, both locally or locally nationally and internationally. We partner with organizations uh, to continue the mission of Jesus and impact outside of our four walls. So maybe you are asking, Pastor, when are we doing all this? Like when, we, when, when are we launching locations? When are we, when are we doing all of these things? I'm glad you asked that, actually. Because God has given us a vision as a church of where we're heading, these three areas. But the pace at which we can see that vision come to fulfillment is determined by all of our generosity and our participation in the mission. Now, some of you might be thinking to yourself, well, Pastor, isn't that your job as the church? You ready for this? I'm gonna teach you some theology. Get ready. Get your pens out. Ready? We are the church. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Ain't nobody else coming. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Everyone say, it's me. It's me. <laughs> like, it's you. Like, we, we, we all are called to participate. Nobody else is coming and, and gonna write the checks. Nobody else is coming is going to serve in those classrooms. It's us. It's us. So we're going to ask you, if you call this church home, to be a part of what God's doing here and to participate in the mission. And ask God how he would have for you to specifically participate in what God is doing here. Now, I mentioned this last year. In fact, I'm going to invite our team. You can go ahead and pass out. We have two cards we want to give you today. Um, last year, if you were here, when we launched our Believe initiative, we gave out booklets. Um, if you are not here and you would like a more detailed booklet, we have those available for you at our guest services area. But we have these cards we're going to give you today. Um, let me explain them, and then we're going to dive into the message I have for you today. The first card is an executive summary of what I just shared. So it shares some impact of how your generosity has changed lives. Then on the back, it gives a little bit of an overview of the three areas, the three lanes of vision for our church And then, here's what we're asking, and we'll always ask this. Um, Here at Catalyst Church, you will never feel, number one, pressure to give financially. And can I say this? If you are ever in an environment where you feel pressure to give financially, run like you stole something. But don't steal anything. Come on, somebody. (laughs) How many of you know God in heaven is not pressuring us? Can I get an amen? But we will ask you to ask God how he would have for you to give. So that's what we're going to ask you to do. We are at the midpoint of our Believe initiative. Uh, we kind of stepped off the shore, so to speak, last year uh, with the goal of raising $3.5 million over two years. That's all in giving. So that's what normally comes in through your tithe, um, as well as whatever above and beyond. That covers all of our operating expenses. That's why I shared all those numbers. Because that's the product of your generosity. But then it's going to position us financially to, to have a more permanent home here uh, in this region, in this area. Um, so I want to speak to two groups in the room. So our goal has been $3.5 million over two years. We're at the midpoint. November 12th, mark your calendars. Be here in the room. If you're watching online, I'd love for you to be here in the room for that, that Sunday. It's going to be a special Sunday because we're going to step out in faith, in our faith commitments to the Believe initiative. Um, and there's two groups of people in the room today. Number one, those of you who are in the room who are, you, you have not made a commitment. Many new people have come to our church this year, so that's many of you in the room. And if you are new to this initiative, what you call Catalyst Church Home, i want to ask for you to pray and ask God how he would ask for you to give over 12 months to this Believe initiative. Let me give you just practicals of what it could look like. Let's say you currently give 500 a month. That would be 6,000 a year. And as you pray and ask God, you sense God asks you to double that. So in this blank here, that my 12-month commitment, in the amount of, that would be $12,000. That makes sense? Let's say you give $1,000 a month. That's $12,000. And you feel to increase it by 50%. That would be $18,000 over 12 months. That's how it will work. And then those of you in the room who have already committed to believe, maybe you're thinking, Pastor, why are we talking about this? For the over 500 new people who have come to our church. Come on, somebody. But why, so if you've committed to believe, um, and if you do not know, remember your two-year commitment amount, you can find that on your giving page on our, on our platform. If you sign into your account, you can see that. But I want to speak the two groups in that group. Maybe you're here and you're thinking you, you, you made a commitment last year, but maybe things have been tough financially for you. Here's my challenge to you. If you heard from God last year to make a faith commitment for two years, is you would check, I'm going to finish strong in faith in my commitment. And then some of you, God's blessed you you know this, God blesses us. I know it's cliche, but it's true, to be a blessing. And you maybe might sense God asking you to increase your commitment for these final 12 months, to see more lives changed. And what we're going to do is in three weeks, November 12th, we're going to have a commitment Sunday. We're going to make our commitments in faith. And here's what's powerful about what we're doing. Then we're going to move on to the message. Is that I, as your pastor, here's what I want for you. This is a principle for your life. Is that I want you to learn to be able to hear God and do what he says. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, when you do that, he says, blessed you will be. Listen, blessed you'll be when you hear God and you obey what he puts in your heart to do. So I'm going to ask you, if you call Catalyst home, pray, ask God, and let's believe as we make our commitments together on November 12th. Amen. All right, we're going to move into our message portion. I want to encourage you today in faith. We are starting this brand new series called "Believe Again: uh, Living a Life of Faith That Produces Miracles." And I got stirred up for this series a little over a month ago, as I was kind of praying through and thinking through this series. And uh, one of the things that I love. uh, and I feel like God has put it on my, my heart and my life is this area of faith. And here's what I want as your pastor I want you to live a life of faith where you see God move in such miraculous ways that when people see your life, they would say, Wait a minute, how is that happening? He's not that good. Come on, somebody. She's not that smart. How did that happen? How is she in that room? Come on, somebody. Because the favor of God's upon your life. I want you to live a life that does not make sense of the natural mind. And can I tell you, if you knew Jeremy, who he was, and you see me today, you'd be like, Jeremy is not that good. Come on, somebody. He's not that smart. Some of you know this story. When I was a child, I had a stuttering problem. And to be before you and speaking publicly week in, week out, can I tell you, it's the hand of God. And I want your life to not make natural sense. I want people to say, you shouldn't be there. You, there's no way you haven't earned enough. You haven't worked hard enough. You're not gifted enough. And you can say you're exactly right. But guess what? I serve a good God. I want your life to not make sense. So here's what I'm going to do. Ready for this? Over the next four weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to stir you up a little bit. Is that Okay. I'm going to stir up your faith to believe God for more, to step out in faith and live a life where you see God move in miraculous ways. The Bible tells us this in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith and not by sight. We don't live by natural means. We live by faith. If you read the scriptures, if you're a follower of Jesus, people stepping out in faith and seeing the miraculous hand of God is all throughout the Bible. Watch this. By faith, Noah built a boat. And God preserved humanity. By faith, Daniel trusted God, and God shut the mouth of lions. By faith, Esther stood before the king, and God saved a people. By faith, Moses stretched out his hand, and God parted the Red Sea. By faith, Peter. Come on, I love Peter. Emotional Peter. Fly off the handle, Peter. Cut your ear off, Peter. Come on, somebody. But he stepped on the water, and he walked on the water in faith. By faith, 12 men, who the Bible actually calls uneducated and unimpressive, 12 men took the message of Jesus Christ, and now billions of people have had their life changed by Jesus Christ because 12 unimpressive men said, I'm going to believe in faith. So do not tell me what my God cannot do because my Bible is of stories of impossibilities i don't know about you but i don't want to live a life that makes sense i don't want to live a normal mundane natural life i want to live a walking on water parting red sea dead raising in life mouths of lions being shut type of life and if you want if you want that kind of faith welcome home you find the right church now if you want to never be challenged i want to live a comfortable life This ain't that church. But if you want to see a move of God in your life, welcome home. Welcome home. Because we're believing it. And I'm believing it for you. Not just for our church corporately, but for your life personally. And God wants to do it. Last year, we launched our Believe Initiative. I I preached out of Joshua 3. If you were here remember remember the the message, I I said God was calling us to have wet feet. Because the Joshua and and the Israelites God called them to step into the Jordan River at flood stage, and then he parted the water. Hey, hey, some of you, hey, listen, you need to write this down. Some of you are waiting on God to move before you move, but what my Bible shows me is actually you have to move before he moves. Because he wants to see you actually trust him before he'll part the Red Sea, like like before he'll part the Jordan River, before he'll bring down the walls of Jericho we see in the scriptures. So today we're going to look at Joshua 6. This is Joshua and the Israelites around the walls of Jericho. And why I love this, this passage is because Jericho stood between the Israelites and the promised land. Or where they were in the vision God had for them. And there's some principles we can glean from here. Let's read Joshua 6, verse 1. The Bible says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred. Because of the Israelites, no one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in the front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. With the priests blowing trumpets, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a shout. And the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry the trumpet in front of it. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord." Let me pray and let me share with you three thoughts today. Father, we just thank you, Lord, today to be in your house, to sit on the teaching of your word. And, Father, we just humble ourselves and we posture our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, in everyone's head. Here's number one. If you have taken notes, how do we receive a vision from God and see it come to pass? Number one is we have to slow down and hear from God. Joshua, in Joshua 3 and Joshua 6, both times what we see is Joshua took time to hear from God. The idea to cross the Jordan River and the idea to march around the walls of Jericho were not Joshua's ideas. Now Joshua was a competent military leader. But, but he, he humbled himself to hear from God. And as your pastor, one of the things I desperately want for you is to learn how to hear from God for your life. Here's why. This church started out of a word from God. Back in 2017, Christine and I were serving at a church, and, and pastors in our life came to us and said, "We well, feel like there's a calling on your life uh, to pastor and to plant a church." She said, "Why don't you go away and just pray about this and see if God speaks to you?" So as we went to pray to see if God was calling us to plant a church and to where to plant a church, I said, "Lord, if it's Bermuda, I'm, I'm in." Okay. <laughs> I love clear water and white sandy beach. Anybody else? Come on. Uh, and and uh, I didn't, we didn't, both Kirstie and I separately, I felt the strong, we didn't hear God audibly, the strong reoccurring thought as we were praying to plan a church for the DC area starting in Bethesda. I had been to Bethesda one time in my life, and we didn't know anybody here in Bethesda. And I was like, God, are you sure you said Bethesda, not Bermuda, okay? They sound similar Lord. I want you to, you know, God has a direction he wants to give to you. He wants to give you direction and vision for your career, direction and vision for your marriage, direction and vision for your finances. But you have to do as the Lord says and be still, Psalms 46, and know that I'm God. That word to be still, it means to get alone with God. You have to spend time with God. Can I say this? We need to hear from God more than just Sunday. If you only ate one meal a day on Sundays, you'd be physically malnourished. If you only hear the word of God on Sunday, you will find yourself spiritually malnourished. And the Bible says when you don't have accurate vision, you stumble all over yourself. You'll stumble in your marriage. You'll stumble in your career. You'll stumble in life. But when you know this is what God's called me to you'll be able to walk clearly and confidently. This week I was making dinner. Um, Christina had a meeting out of the house. and I had had three kids. While I was making dinner, dinner was almost ready, so I called the kids. The parents, you can relate to this. So I called them out. Hey, kids, it's dinner time. No movement. Come on. Anybody feel that pain? I've been working so hard. You better get get to the table. Come on, somebody. Then I called their names. Hannah, dinner, Judah, dinner. Abigail, dinner. Still no movement. Come on. Then I use middle names. You know it's getting real when you use middle names. Come on, somebody. Hannah Michelle, <laughs> Judah Russell, Abigail Teresa. <laughs> so then, then I go looking for them. Hannah was distracted by this television show she was watching. Judah was distracted by his Nintendo Switch. And Abigail was distracted playing with baby dolls. Watch this. They could not hear the voice of their father. Because they were distracted. Sometimes the reason we're not hearing from God is because we're living in a hurry. Like we even go through the motions, right? We come to church. But can we be honest? for a 2nd We're in church today. Can we be honest? Like you're in church, but you're thinking about that meeting this week. Or you're in church and you're thinking about that financial thing. Or what's happening in your kids. Listen, listen. I'm going to confess. I am guilty of this. Like I can't even be reading my Bible, but my mind is somewhere else. And watch this. And we are conditioned in our culture to be a little bit chaotic, if we can be honest. Like you woke up this morning, come on, you looked at your iPhone, and you had 72 new notifications. Come on, somebody. You had emails unread. You had text messages. You had your Instagram letting you know about new posts. You had the weather app letting you know there might be a slight chance of rain. Come on, somebody. It's constantly battling and warring for our attention. But can I just give you some pastoral encouragement? In the morning, before you check your email, check in with heaven. Before you listen, and we should know what's happening in the world. A lot is happening in our world right now. But can I tell you, some of you may be wondering why you're having so much anxiety. But listen, if the first thing you feed on is the news feed and what's happening around the world, listen, I want the first thing you feed on is what's happening in heaven first. Because as a follower of Christ, I'm called to pray, Thy will be done, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So before you hear about all this happening in the world, let's hear, what God, what's happening in heaven today? Speak to me about what you want to say to me today. Sometimes we cannot see clearly because we're not hearing accurately. John 10, 27, Jesus says, my sheep listen for my voice and I know them and they follow me. And they follow me. You know, when they were walking around the, the walls of Jericho, they had a priest with them. They were carrying ram's horns, and then they had the Ark of the Covenant, which, which had the presence of God and the word of God. Now, if you know contextually, there were 600,000 people that were marching around Jericho. Many of them were military, but they were not carrying swords or shields or wearing armor. Like can you imagine Joshua, this acclaimed military leader? Hey, fellas, fellas, fellas. Hey, put down the swords and pick up some ram horns. Excuse me? This was not a military procession. It was a spiritual procession. Because, listen, here's a challenge for all of us. Lean in. Because all of you in this room, you're very smart, very intelligent, very accomplished. I know. I know you are. And I mean that very humbly and sincerely. But here's a challenge for us. Ready for this? Is you'll hear a vision from God, but then you'll go accomplish it in your own strength. And here's how you know a vision is from God. You can't do it on your own. Like, here's how I know visions from God. God, if you don't show up, nothing's happening. They remain dependent on God the entire time. In fact, Romans 10 17 says this so faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. That, that word there for word is the word rhema in the Greek. Rhema means a revealed word. How is that different than another? There's the word logos. Many of you have heard this. It's a Greek word. Logos refers to the written word. Rhema is what happens is when, have you had this happen before? You're reading the Bible, and as you're reading the Bible, all of a sudden this word jumps out of the page. You're like, whoa, whoa. It's as if, like, I've read this chapter before, but I never noticed that. Or you'll be, you'll be in, a, in, a, in a service like this. And I've said a lot of things, but there's something I've said, or actually I didn't say but God said that stood out to you and you took a note. That's a rhema. In fact, sometimes you can be in a service and I'm preaching on faith, but God is convicting you about something in your marriage. That's the rhema. That's the Holy Spirit saying, I have a word for you. There's the written word, there's the word of God, but then he has a rhema, a revealed word for us. 12 years ago, Christine and I were praying about Um, potentially moving to this area. And there was a church that we were just going to come and be a part of and volunteer at. Um, I was working as a psychologist, and she was working in the marketplace as well. And while in that midst of praying about it, I was reading my Bible reading plan like I normally do, Genesis chapter 12, where God told Abraham, I want you to go to the land, and I will show you. And in that moment, God gave me a rhema. He said, Jeremy, I want you to move to the D.C. area, and I will show you the rest. What I did not see 12 years ago was you. I didn't see this church. I just, God gave me a, a next step. To use the words of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., faith is taking the next step without seeing the whole staircase. Yeah. This is a word for somebody. You've been waiting for God to show you the entire plan, and the word of the Lord for you is you just need to take the next step. Because here's why. God wants you to trust him and not the staircase. He knows you. Come on, somebody. He knows you. If he gave us the whole plan, we'd be like, thank you, sir. We'll see you later. (laughs) He said, no, my son and daughter, I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to bless you. Because on a side note, do you want to know what the real reward in life is? It's not seeing a vision come to fulfillment. It's being able to walk with God. What do you tell Abraham? Hey Abraham, I'm your great reward. Not the promise, but I am. But you have to, listen, you have to fuel your faith with the word of God. Listen, whatever you focus on is what you'll have faith for. So if you're if you if you have a business, I spoke with the business owner first service who he came to me and he felt the Lord was speaking to him. If you if you if you own a business and you focus on what's happening in the economy, you might be full of fear. But if you own a business and you focus on what God has said to you, you'll be full of faith. If you're married and you focus on what your Aunt Sally tells you about marriage, or maybe you're dating someone and you focus on what Aunt Sally, who's been divorced four times. Come on, somebody. Just don't take marriage advice from Aunt Sally. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you out. Aunt Sally evokes fear in you about marriage. Come on, somebody. Say, like, don't do it. Right? Right? But when you read God's word, you'll be full of faith. Are you hearing me, church? When you focus on what the doctor said, when he said, ma'am, you are physically unable to have children, or you focus on a word God gave you. Listen, we respect and honor doctors. There are many of you in this room. But can I tell you, above all else, we honor and we submit to the great physician. And can I tell you, I have seen many people who people have said, you you are barren, unable to have children. But now I only have one child. I got a good friend. They got three. Come on, somebody. Be careful what you pray for. Come on. (laughs) God will open up the floodgates of heaven. More children than you asked for. You're like, I didn't, I didn't I didn't ask for all this, Jesus. <laughs> all right, here's number point number two. I, I, I gotta, gotta speed it up here. So you gotta start out here from God number two. You gotta see what God sees. You gotta see what God sees. The Bible says the gates of Jericho were securely barred. And the Lord says, See that I put Jericho in your hands. And you gotta think of Joshua it's like Joshua, God. Do you got the same eyes I got? Because these gates are securely barred. He says, see, I've given you in your hands. Here's a tension we will live with. If you are a follower of Jesus, here's a tension you will always live with in your life if you're living a life of faith. Ready for this? You have to decide, am I going to focus on what God sees or am I going to focus on what I see? Am I going to trust more in my natural eyes or am I going to trust more in the eyes of faith? You have to decide, what am I going to put more of my trust in? This is the King James Version of Proverbs 29, 18. I read earlier the message translation. This is like the exact opposite, you know, come on. Thus says the Lord, a little old English for us. It says, when there's no vision, the people perish. You perish. The message translation says, we stumble. I was at dinner with a friend of mine a few nights ago. He's got glasses, and he told me, he said, I'm I'm nearsighted. He so said, "If I take my glasses off, I cannot see he pointed this TV like 20 yards away. I can't see that TV. It's just blurry. And if I keep my glasses off, I'll have headaches, and my eyes will hurt. He'll experience pain. You know what the Bible says? When you don't have vision, you'll experience pain. I have worked for 17 years as either a psychologist or a pastor, so my entire adult life has been working in helping professions. And can I tell you, as with a psychologist, a clinician, and a pastor, here's a truth I've learned. Everybody, at all times, is experiencing some degree of pain or pressure. The person next to you right now. I know they smiled and they were singing really loudly in worship. If, if, you, were, if you were near me and it was obnoxious, and you were like, ah, maybe he shouldn't be singing. <laughs> but Listen. Hey, there's a smile on their face, but they have some, prob- some pain in their life. They're facing some pressure right now. And here's what the enemy will lie to you think, that the pain in your life is somehow unique. And no one's experiencing, I'm just, no, no one's walking through what I'm walking through. I don't mean to burst your, your bubble, but yeah, there are people walking through same degrees of pain. Even what, get over yourself. I love you. I, I say it in love, but get over yourself. Like, everybody's got pain. I'm not, I'm not minimizing the pain you're experiencing. But watch this. Here's what you'll see. Sometimes the people you see who are smiling through the pain, who are pushing through through the pressure, here's why. They have a God-inspired vision. Vision is your spiritual medication for your pain. Here's why. If you don't have vision, you will get preoccupied with the pain of the disagreements with your spouse. If you don't have a vision for your marriage, you don't think, man, maybe I should get a divorce. No, you just need a vision for your marriage. Or or the pain of your business being in the red once again. No, if you do that, you'll give up on your business that God gave you that idea for. But you got to focus on the vision God's given you to push through the pain so you can see what God has spoken to you come to pass. Helen Keller, who was physically blind, said this. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. It's the only thing that's worse. Hebrews 11.1 says, faith is the confidence of what we hope for. And the assurance, or one translation says, conviction about what we do not see. Does anyone here in the room, do you have a friend in your life that they're like, the way they portray themselves, like they'll convince, they're convinced they are right even when they're flat wrong. Anybody else? I parent a child like this. Come on. Pray for me. Like, they will be convinced. They know what happened 30 years ago. And I'm like, no, I, I lived 30 years ago. I know what happened. Come on, somebody. Like, but, but they'll be convinced. And listen, they're completely wrong, but I'm, I'm inspired by their conviction. It's fascinating. It is utterly fascinating. But Listen. There are the facts of life, but there's also a higher truth in heaven. And the Bible says that every single one of God's words will be fulfilled. His promises are yes and amen. So, yes, there's a reality you're facing right now. And let me give you just some encouragement today. When you step out on a vision from God, a lot of the time you will be living in the tension between what you see in faith and what you see with your eyes. But you have to keep believing in faith and keep walking by faith, not by sight. You got, you got to see, you got to believe in faith. Yeah, I remember back when we stepped out to, to start Catalyst Church. So 2018, we we sort of began to prepare. We started in January 27th, 2019. This January will be five years. And can I tell you, we are going to throw a party like no other. Come on, somebody. We're going to turn up on another level, okay? Get ready. But we stepped out in faith and we we were looking for a location. I was full of faith. Found this high school in Bethesda. Now that this is it, Lord. I even, like, went to lay hands on the building. Come on, somebody. I did my own little Jericho march. I'm like, hello, this is ours. Come on, Jesus. You're going to do it, Lord. You, you did it in Jericho. You're going to do it in Bethesda. <laughs> <sighs> hey, I, I'll, I'll try everything. Come on. And I talked to the administrator in Montgomery County Schools. She not only told me no, she told me never. <laughs> i was like, like, Never. All right, all right, all right. I asked out of middle school, no. I went to an entertainment venue, full of faith still, no. Concert venue, no. No, 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 no. That was like, I got lots of no's at that time. I was okay. And listen, I, I had a moment where I was either going to trust what I saw and heard from people or trust what I saw and heard from heaven. 1,280 people have come to faith in Jesus Christ. I think, I think we heard from God. Are you hearing me? May this church be an inspiration to your life. That you might be right now facing no after no after no after no. Month after month after month of red. Month after month after month. Even though you've been trying to have a baby, you can't have a baby. Even though you thought he was the one, but that relationship ended. Keep believing in faith. Have the faith of Mary when the Holy when the angel showed up and said, "Hey, Mary, you about to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit." Now, to us, you know, we celebrate every Christmas. That's like normative. Hey, y'all, that ain't that ain't normal, y'all. Okay, <laughs> can you imagine? Like, come on, fellas, your wife or your girl said, "I'm pregnant with the Holy Spirit." You're like, "Yeah, right." You're not. <laughs> we gotta talk. Gotta get a marriage counselor. (laughs) I love what she said, though. Watch this. She says, This. She says, For nothing will be impossible with God. Can I I get in your spirit today? Have the the faith of Mary. Oh, nothing. I, I know the counselor said this marriage won't work out, but nothing will be impossible. I know the doctors said we're unable to have a baby, but nothing will be impossible for God. I know people said I don't have the right experience or network to be successful in this industry, but nothing will be impossible for God. I know that I heard a no from the high school and the middle school and the concert venue and the entertainment venue, but nothing will be impossible for God. Last point, last point. I'm gonna close with this. You slow down to hear from God. Number two, then you have to, See what God sees. But then you have to step out in faith. The miracle didn't happen after Joshua just heard from God. Come on. The brother had to lead 600,000 people to march for six days in silence. Hey, a little side note. While you're waiting for a vision from God to come to pass, be mindful of what you say and the people around you say. Like you got to You want to get around some people. That's why community groups are so important. You want people around you who will speak faith into you, who will say, "I believe." I mean, one of my best friends. I tell you what, he has he has injected so much faith in my life because in moments where I like I couldn't see it or I was struggling, he would just speak faith and faith. You need people around you who will speak faith into you. But they had to they had to step out in faith. It reminds you of in, in Matthew 14 that Peter when when God calls Peter, he says, Tell me to come out in the water. Come, Jesus says. Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. Listen, some of you in this room, you've already heard from God. Someone first service told me that. They said, You were speaking to me. I know I'm supposed to do this. You know you're supposed to leave that job and move into that different career. You know you're supposed to start that business. You know it's time to have a child. You know you're supposed to pray, to, to propose to her. You, you know these things. Now you have to step out of faith. Can I be honest? This is the hardest part of all. Can you imagine how foolish Joshua felt? He's a military leader. He's like, you got your ram horns? Okay. Here we go. Hey, can I say this? You have to be willing sometimes to look foolish if you want to see God move. And you got to listen if you want to prevent the miraculous power of God in your life, write this down. If, you, if you're like, you know what, I don't want to see God move in my life, if this is, if that's you. Ready? Write this down. Play it safe, don't take any risks serve the God of comfort that our culture conditions us to serve, doesn't it? Come on, get that fully funded 401K. I remember in college, right? Get a good job with benefits. And I'm not, I'm not listen, if you've you got a great job with benefits, praise God. But listen, and nothing's wrong with that. Nothing's wrong with a fully funded 401K. Nothing's wrong with a beautiful home. Nothing's wrong with a job with great benefits. Unless... It's not what God's called you to do. And you have to dethrone the God of comfort in your life. Be honest with yourself this week. You know, before we planted this church, somebody actually encouraged me to stay in the job I was in because the pay was better and the benefits were better. I'm glad I didn't. And, and, and you, have to, you have to ask yourself the hard question of this. Where is my real security coming from? Is it coming from my job? Is it coming from my marriage? Is it coming from what's in my bank account? And be honest. Don't, don't be spirit over spiritual. Like be honest with yourself. And here's how you know what could be a little G God in your life. Is that you have a hard time giving it up for God. Like you know you're supposed to give, but you're not giving like you know you're supposed to give. Or, or you know you're supposed to leave that job, but you haven't yet. No condemnation. I'm just saying that that's indicators that this, is, this, might, be, this, this might be my thing. First year of our church, we were, um, church was growing. We we're meeting in Bethesda Rose Cinema. And um, we had just started, and, and about five months in, Christina stayed in her job in the marketplace because, uh, number one, she made a lot more money than I did in the marketplace, (laughs) than I did pastoring the church. And she carried all of our benefits. We didn't have any benefits or anything. Um, And about five months in, we felt the Holy Spirit was, like, nudging us of, like, she's supposed to leave her job and just come volunteer for the church. And we had three kids at home, five and under. And just, you know, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. And so she stepped off. For seven months that year, we had no health insurance. Actually, longer than that, we didn't have health insurance. We had three kids five and under no health insurance. We actually ended up spending all of our savings that we saved up because her salary was really helping to carry our livelihood in that year. Was it hard? Uh, Yeah. For many days, I was like, what are we doing? Um. Was it a sacrifice? Yeah. And I'm not not saying this at all. I I get this wrong a lot. But we heard God then. Would I do it again? Absolutely. Because I've seen the goodness of God in the land of of the living. I've seen his goodness and his faithfulness and his mercy have followed us all the days of our lives. And I share that with you. As your pastor, I am in this with you. I'm not saying you go and do this, I'm gonna stay back here in my own cushy. No, no, no. When we made our faith commitment to believe last year, it was a stretch of faith for our family, and it still is. But I don't wanna play it safe. I want to see a life of miracles right Of the hand of God. When they see what they do in my life, in my children's life, people will say, surely the hand of God is on his life. It's on this church. But listen, that will not happen if we play it safe. We got to step into the waters of the Jordan. We got to march around the walls of Jericho for you to see what God has for you to come to pass. So what step is God to ask you to take today? Can I, can I boldly ask you as your pastor, whatever God has asked you to do today, do it. Do it. You'll be glad you did. Bow your heads with me, church. I want to pray with you.